Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura... The Columbus Blue Jackets are really just fixing to make you have to say a lot of apologies, a lot of I'm sorry's, because here I am drinking a finished long drink, um, compliments of the finisher himself, Patrick Laine, with an absolutely unbelievable power play goal the other night against Detroit. So he's going to make you say sorry, but you know who else is going to make you say sorry? Who? Max Domi. <laughs> And you're going to have to apologize to so many people who put him in their starting lineup. First of all, I am not apologizing to anyone. (laughs) I am happy that Max could potentially be in the starting lineup on October 14th. Because I love him. So I'm happy to be wrong, but there will be no apologies. Fair enough. How about for Patrick Line? Are we there yet? Let's see some of last night in a, in the regular season, and I'll consider an apology to Patrick Line. We'll send out a formal statement on behalf of the <laughs> podcast to the entire country of Finland. But I am I'll making my reparations. I will, I will, when I'm ready to give my Patrick Line apology, I will purchase a fifth line a shirt and wear it in the recording of the podcast wait mark that down y'all because when i am ready when i am ready to apologize to patrick lennon i have already apologized to the entity that is finland you have done that the sovereignty of finland does does appreciate your apology um but yeah, I mean, wow, like we are we are about this episode's being released on Friday, I believe the 8th. Yes. Time is hard. Dates are hard. This podcast <laughs> is coming out on a Friday, which means that we are six days away from opening night for the Columbus Blue Jackets, which means that the 30 people who are still currently uh, a part of Blue Jackets camp, keeping in mind that two of those people are, in fact, Max Domi and Trey Fix-Wolanski because of, you know, the way LTIR works or um, just injured injury reserve works like they can say on the roster for however long so really we got 28 guys that are fighting for 23 spots on the opening night roster and so things are about to start get really what things are about to start getting really interesting laura yes i love that we are so close to the start of the season um because it's just exciting we were at the game uh last night so if you're listening to this on Friday when we released, so Wednesday night's game, Wednesday night's preseason game against Detroit, and it just had all the, you know, the bells and whistles of things that we love about a good Blue Jackets hockey game, and, you know, it's it's the best time of the year. It's hockey season, and, you know, we've got a lot of exciting things coming up. The team has a lot of exciting things coming up including the potential multiple month early return of Mr. Max Domi. Um, yeah. I'm Ooh, pumped. I, 
The idea of Max Domi coming back early, though, just kind of like complicates things because it's kind of the same conversation that I think we had last season when Gus Nyquist wasn't playing, where it was like, I don't even know where you put him because you just don't like you've spent so much time knowing that you're not going to have him. And and so now it's like, oh, you actually might have him at the start of the season. And so what does that mean in terms of of the starting lineup? Uh it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited. I, does it mean that somebody else doesn't make the team because they activate Max Domi, but they scratch him for maybe the first two or three games? Like, it's possible, especially if those people are like waiver eligible players that you would have to put on waivers to send them back down to Cleveland. But if they're rookies, then you don't have to do that, and that's okay. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it is all sorts of fascinating. And one thing, like, again, We've talked about it on podcasts before, and we talk about it in our season preview that's coming out on Monday. But the depth at center is not not super great. So the idea of being able to uh, reintegrate Max Domi into that conversation, I think, is really exciting if you're a Blue Jackets fan. Yeah, I think as we keep talking about these uh, preseason games, we have definitely – I mean, the center slot has been an issue for a while now. It's been – a super big issue since the departure of Pierre-Luc Dubois early in this past season. And it, there's a, there's a bright spot in, in Cole Sillager. There's absolutely a bright spot um, in our young rookie. Um, should he make the final cut, the jury's still out on that. Um, but as much as bringing Max off of IR um earlier than expected complicates things i also hope i know that he is hoping as well that it's going to complicate things for good like for a good reason because yeah. there is there are some weak spots and we've saw it last night there there's a struggle in this center spot and the people that we're relying on in this center spot. And I personally, when you texted me today um, about the announcement with Max, I was like, Oh, thank God. Like (laughs) at least to just see what he's doing, like how he's doing in that position and how he's doing post-surgery, like, because it's going to be a long road with some of these other people. So I will be happy if Max is renewed and refreshed and ready to go. And I want to give benefits of the doubt, right? Like, I mean, like preseason play is preseason play. You've got some of these guys who, you know, haven't necessarily gotten a chance to play a ton um, during the preseason. And, and so, yeah, there are some guys, like I think that we can identify that we would like to be seeing playing better this uh, preseason. But I think that we both can kind of agree. We both can kind of agree that this there's room for improvement. Like <laughs> there's room for improvement. Um, and, and players like Alexander Texier um, and Jack Rosovic. And I think it's more so, I think it's less in, in terms of like, like they're still good players, but it's more so like for what you're trying to play. Right. Because you need somebody who is defensively sound to play between, um, you know, Jakob Voracek and Patrick Line. You need somebody who can, can create, um, you know, on a line with Oliver Bjorkstrand. And and so you just have these things that you need to have on these different lines that, that you're not really seeing out of those players. So maybe it'll come and I'm hopeful that it'll come, but 
yes, Max Domi would be a very welcome addition to this team moving forward. Uh, the one thing that is just like, we're, we're to this point now where I would have thought by now we would have a pretty clear understanding and feeling as to whether or not um, Igor Chinakov or Cole Cylinder is going to make this team. And I, I they're going to make this team. Like, I mean, maybe I'm going to have egg on my face in a week, but like, they're making this team. I mean, based based on what we've seen in preseason, I think you would you'd be. I mean, obviously, there's always coaches, coaches, and actual people who are working with the players are always going to know more than what we see in these preseason games or what we see in the limited amount of footage that we're privy to as fans. But you know, if I'm if I'm Lars, like I'm sitting here looking at these these two kids and. It, I would be hard pressed to find reasons for them not to like they have both performed, if not at the level that most of us were expecting, then beyond it. Um, especially Cole Sillinger, that kid is working for a spot. Like he is, he's just out there trying to show his skills as well as Igor Chinnikov. Like they're both very much so wanting and pushing to make, the full-time roster slots and you know again and I and I know if Lars does choose to send that send one of them to Cleveland or both of them to, like he's gonna have his reasons obviously but from what we've been able to see these two are are very very quickly earning um that full blue jackets roster spot and yeah it'll be it'll be very interesting over the course of the next few days to see what happens but the other incredible thing that we have seen in preseason that we have not seen in Blue Jackets um, history over the last couple of years is last night the Blue Jackets scored three power play goals. Yeah. Um, before we touch on the power play, though, kind of going back to to Cylinder and, and Janakov, like, can you name four guys who have played better at center than Cole Cylinder this preseason. And can you name eight and can you name eight people who have played better on the wings than Igor Janakov has? Like you can't. And like that is not ultimately like the deciding factor, but my last point on that is just like you, if they don't make this team, it's not because they are not the top four center, like a top four depth chart center on this team or a top eight winger on the depth chart of this team. It's just, it's development. And, and it goes back to Lars, Lars is going to have his reasons and then we're going to be okay with that in the end. But, but yes, one of the reasons has to be because of how dynamic that power play is, because even as you talk about those two players, like those two players aren't even seeing power play like one minutes, like they are, they're on the second unit and they're not even getting a chance to play on the power play because the first unit is scoring at will. Uh, All five of the guys who are playing on that first unit have scored power play goals um, this preseason. That's Boone Jenner, uh, Jakob Voracek, Patrick Laine, Oliver Bjorkstrand, and Zach Wierenski, and they look damn good while they're doing it. It's dynamic. It's different. It's, you know, we mentioned it, uh, when a lot of the guys from Cleveland and, and you know the minors were were still playing uh, before the first initial roster cut, uh, and they were playing in the system, it's just like even even though you didn't have the guys with the quality kind of playmaking of Jacob Voracek or 
you know, the uh, slap shot of Patrick Laine, you could tell the system was different. And you could tell that the system, uh, while it might not necessarily be like innovative per se in, in the large scale, for the Blue Jackets looked different. <laughs> it looked innovative. And for that reason, they're being rewarded. Uh, you know, now that you're seeing a lot of the main roster guys filling into those roles on the power play. It looks good. Oliver Bjorkstrand is making the slot his home. You know, Patrick Laine is playing on the left circle like it's his home. He's doing his best Oliver Bjork, or he's doing his best Oliver Bjorkstrand impression. No, he's doing his best Alexander Ovechkin impression. Uh, it's a lot to be excited about if you're a Blue Jackets fan watching this power play because for the first time in a long time, the thing that we're going to look forward to the most isn't going to be whether or not the Blue Jackets play Duhas before the start of a power play. It's just going to be the actual power play itself. I do stand firmly in my belief that we do perform better when they play Duhas. No Duhas this preseason, though, have you noticed? True, but think of the possibilities if they do add it. I mean, it's possible. It is possible. Do you also, remember? Wait, have heard the song Duhast. Have you been living under a rock? Yeah. Do you remember the Dubois remix when Dubois was still on the team? Ugh. It was like Dubois scores big goals or like whatever it was. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that was one of the more um, shocking revelations that Jeremy had early on in taking me to games. Is uh, they played that song uh, before a power play, and he leaned over and was like, do you know all the words to this song? And I was like, 100% I do. <laughs> Weirdo. It, it's true. It's one of the very weird um, things that I store up in my noggin. That and basically all lyrics to every boy band song ever created. So, um, but, so yeah, so think about it. Music person, um, do host before the power plays. Um, and every time I get to hear the hockey song, it just brings me so much joy. So doing yeah, that it's a classic. Me. Glad to hear that that's back. Listening to that at Nationwide Arena, pissed that the streamers aren't back yet. I don't know who we have to write to. But we I will. I just in. don't think that they're. I my hope is they're they're just not doing them in the preseason. My hope is that when it's full season game, that first win at home. So I can cry because I miss them so much. Yeah. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade here. The Blue Jackets really should be Arizona. Like, there's no reason for the Blue Jackets to not be Arizona. The Kraken's another story. But Arizona ain't great. They're actually, like, bad on purpose. Like, so, <laughs> so that's one that we really need to just, like, have go our way. Uh, just so we can, one, see to make sure that, yes, we do have streamers, and two, just to make sure that I don't start to panic after the first game of the season. Two very valid, valid points. Um, I want nothing more than for us to be Arizona next Thursday. <laughs> but, Correct. you know, and, we'll, and we'll just be happy to be back in the, you know, arena again with hopefully – a full, full amount of people. Yeah, buy your tickets to that game, y'all, because I I need, like, my experience is dependent on other people at this game, and I know that sounds terrible, but it's like, do not, do not ruin this for me, people who decide that they don't want to buy Blue Jackets tickets. Like, 
I need that arena to be full. It's the first opportunity we have for it to be full. Let's all come together. Let's butt elbows. Let's let's make me uncomfortable because I'm a person of size and I'm like afraid that like you're thinking something about like how annoying it is that you have to sit next to a big bitch at a hockey game. Like I want that feeling inside of me. Like give that to me. Like give me fat shaming or give me death. Like I'm so Let's excited. also note that he wants this feeling. I do not. Um, I have I do, been the I girl do. who cried at a home opener because the woman beside her fat shamed her. So like, nothing is taking away from my joy in that game. They could call me, they could call me whatever they need to to get through the game. But, but you have to admit that I'm real comfortable to sit next to. You have to admit, <laughs> I got that temper pedic love. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. But yeah, I mean, like, there's obviously like a lot of a lot of changes. I mean, the the one obvious cut that I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to make is that of Daniil Tarasov. Like, he's going to get cut to be sent to Cleveland, and that's, I mean, you're not you're not carrying him over and and scratching Corvasalo, and then you're losing another roster spot somewhere else. And so that's somebody. So you've got 28 players right now fighting for 25 or 23 spots, excuse me. So there's a good, there goes your one. Um, then you got four guys who, who still need to be cut. Um, there are players that I think you can make an easier case for being cut. I think I, I think Danforth is somebody who probably doesn't make the opening night roster. I think he's scratched. Or he's not scratched. He's sent to Cleveland. Um, do you know who might do you know who might start the season in Cleveland? And I actually don't know if he would have to clear waivers to do so or not. Liam Foodie. No, he, yeah, I think he's definitely going to start the season in Cleveland. <laughs> but no, I'm thinking Emil Bemstrom. Like, it's something mm-hmm. that he's never done. Like, it's something that he has never had the opportunity to really do, right, is, like, to develop in the minor leagues a little bit and to have, like, the opportunity to get some really meaningful big minutes in a, in a environment that is, like, conducive to him developing. And and maybe that's a good thing, like. Well, it is, and we've talked about it before. It is not a punishment to go or start a season in Cleveland. It doesn't mean we're never going to see that player again. It doesn't mean that they, you know, they're still playing professional hockey. It's just that they need the opportunity to have, just like Jeremy said, big minute ice time. And they can get that in Cleveland. And so someone like Bemstrom, who is on the brink, he's balancing that line between you know, having the confidence to be this player that we were, you know, this great player with a great shot, all those sort of stuff that, you know, Yarmo has sold to all of us and not getting enough time to like push his confidence over the edge so that he can do that consistently. Yes, he has his moments and we've seen a little bit of that during preseason, but I think it would be good for him to start it in Cleveland And then as he gets some minutes in Cleveland and as we start to like roll through the season, injuries are inevitable. Just changing up the roster spots is inevitable. Like he will find his way back into the full on Blue Jackets roster. That's, that's not, there's no question about that, but I think it would be great for him to start it in Cleveland just so that he could get that time that he needs and there's a couple other people, probably won't say them on here because I think it'll be too divisive, but there's a couple other people that I think could do that that would be shocking to people 
Are you being murdered? Sorry, everyone. Jeremy is... No, there's a stink bug and it flew right by my head. There's another one. It's an invasion. Why are they so loud? What? Why are they so loud? Like, like, that was the loudest noise I've ever heard in my life was the stink bug flying, like, near my ear and, like, going away. Um, Because they're spawns of Satan. Yes, they are, in fact, that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think, I will say that I think I think that there are players that would argue with you in the sense that I think if you're a player, the last thing you want to do is start the season in Cleveland. And I think like, like obviously like from a player's perspective, you're like, absolutely the fuck not. I'm sorry. Like, like I'm not doing that. But, um, and I think to your point, like in terms of the folks who are NHL regulars, like, like there are players and I'm assuming that this is who you're alluding to. And I'm probably putting words in your mouth and I apologize for it. Like, but, like, I assume you're probably, like, referring to a player like Alexander Texier. Um, and the thing with him is, like, I think you're at a point now where, like, he just has to grit and bear it in the NHL. Like, you're still trying to convert this kid into being into being a center. Like, he's going to have his moments, like, where he just does not look good. Like, where he doesn't look comfortable. And that's, like, in a season where that's going to be the reality, like, of a lot of folks, he is somebody that I'm on team grit and bear it and like take what you get and like move past it and use these moments to learn and develop. I think, I think a lot of people like in the idea of him, like playing between Voracek and line, a, it's a little rich for me. Like, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Like it's a little rich, but I mean, if at the end of the day, like playing between line a and Voracek is the kind of thing that's going to get him 40 points in a season and it's going to boost his confidence and it's going to develop him. And like, I guess sign me up. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, he is somebody who I am very eager to see how his season goes because it could go one of two ways. And I think he really needs it to go the more positive way. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's all about the growing pains in this season. And is he, would that situation ever happen with Tex? Probably not, but it is one of those things where, you know, we're, we're working on issues and like, you know, there's just going to be things that we work through. Um, but you know, he is trying to fill these big shoes. Um, he and Jack Rossovic of this, of this center spot, like we talked about earlier and, you know, but I'm, I'm totally okay with, with Boone Jenner filling that, role between Voracek and, and Line A for right now. Um, Cause I think that he's been doing a solid job when given the opportunity. And until these other guys work their way up to a confidence level where they can properly support Patrick Line A and Jakob Voracek, like, you know, let them work it out on the lower lines and put someone who's got a little bit more stability um, up there. Uh, for a little while until we get some some of these kinks figured out but again someone like Bemstrom I'm totally in support I think it would be good for him again he would probably disagree but in the long run I think you know it's also kind of a humbling moment probably too for some so but yeah I mean it have to be right like when you're told like you're not good enough to do the thing that you dream of like it's like yeah well actually like fuck you like I am good enough and I'm gonna prove with you that I'm gonna that I'm good enough and and I think there is a layer of that, right? Um, well, and I think. Sorry, go ahead. 
I, I was just going to say, and I think about that too with like a player like, and this is somebody who we haven't talked about much this preseason, and it's kind of disappointing in my opinion because when you're talking about having a team like it's so lacking of center depth, like so lacking in the sense where it's like start picking guys and start putting a C next to their name and just put them in the middle and see what the fuck happens. Um, and we just haven't really heard a lot about Kevin Stenland, like all preseason. Like we just have not had a lot of conversation about Kevin Stenland. I, and that to me is like when the cabinets are as bare as they are down the middle, you know, at camp right now, like, like you and I have talked about it. And it's like I said earlier, like you can't really name, I can't name four guys that are playing better at center than Cole Cylinder. I don't know if I can name one guy who's playing better than Cole Cylinder at center. And that to me screams opportunity for a guy like Kevin Stenland. And I want him to take it. Like I want him to take advantage of it. I know he's playing uh, on Saturday, no Friday against St. Louis. So um, if you're listening to this episode before the game, like hopefully you're about to watch him go out and like have a prove himself game and then maybe like show that he should be staying around in Columbus versus being sent back down to Cleveland. But I haven't seen it yet. I, I just haven't. No, I agree. And, you know, we've talked about him before on the show. We, we see a lot of like a lot of possibility with Kevin Stenland and, you know, our hope is that, that whole thing was a little lost on the previous coaching circumstance that we were in, but, you know, we have both been very hopeful that, you know, he can get some time and get some, you know, opportunity. Cause we are in this sort of like, again, the boggle of hockey, like sort of figuring out this center position. Like we might as well be giving people chances to see who can prove themselves. Um, and give them those moments to to fight and to have a fire lit under them and to see who will persevere. Um, so, yeah, I hope that – I hope – I wish I could watch tomorrow night. Um, but hopefully you can report to me or Twitter can report to us that he's doing some good things um, in the game. I will be eating cake um and celebrating my my nephew's 17th birthday so you know i want to say but for his sake it'll be as fun (laughs) (laughs) he'll never listen but i love you zach happy birthday (laughs) bud happy birthday zach but um but yeah and i think too like we're having conversations about the forwards and I think we're probably not spending enough time talking um, talking defense with this team because I think I think that's where like a lot of the question marks come into play. Like I feel pretty I feel pretty okay about the top six of this team. I feel obviously a little hesitant about the bottom six forward pair, but like the the bottom of like your your four through seven, I, I would say like defensively like or excuse me, your five through seven, like you, you, there are a lot of questions there, right? Like it's a matter of like who's stepping up and who's finally taking the opportunity again. Like it kind of goes back to the Kevin Stenland point of like the cupboards are as bare as they've been of elite talent in a long time. And, you know, four or five years ago when Gabriel Carlson wasn't making a lineup because, you know, you had Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, Ryan Murray, David Savard, uh, Marcus Nudavara. Like, you had all these players, right? And, like, sure, like, 
yeah, a rookie, like a second-year player, like might struggle to make that lineup. Um, but when you've only really got a top four that you feel like really solid in, and again, you're really not making noise and you're really not like getting people all too excited about your play. Um, it makes me a little nervous. Like I'm like, I want, I root for Gabriel Carlson so hard and I really want him to be successful and I really want him to have a chance to make this team. But again, he's a player that I don't know. I don't know if that's a reality at this point, based on what we've seen in camp, based on what we've seen in the preseason. Um, and just based on what we know of the player. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a lot of, um, not a lot, but there's a, a handful of our defensive options that are really on that borderline of, can they make it into that bottom pairing? And, you know, Gabriel Carlson, oh, you, you just got to hope that that spark is going to come back and that he's going to work his way into a permanent roster spot. Um, you know, obviously <laughs> We talk about podcast fan favorite, the boy who lived, um, Scott Harrington, like, you know, Dean Cookin, all these players, Andrew Peake, all these players that are sort of on that fringe. And you're just like, come on, like, show us a little something. And this not, you know, really talking anything about um, going back and forth between Cleveland, but what I wanted to say earlier about lighting a fire under someone is in a, in a sort of a humbling moment is back in Elvis's first season when he got sent down to Cleveland to play. And um, the memorable quote that came out of him, which was in very Elvis fashion, I did not come here to play in fucking Cleveland. So <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with Cleveland. We love the monsters. They are the future. But, you know, we need to have a few of these moments where it's like realizing that you need to work for this spot or you're going to continue to toggle back in between. And like, we just need to make more of these firm decisions rather than having these aloof moments. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. And I, I don't know, like that bottom, you could tell me any, any players that whose names aren't um, Zach Gorensky, Jake B and Adam Boquist and Vladislav Gavrikov. You could tell me any defenseman in the blue jacket system right now, that's going to be at the bottom two pair. And I would like, I would believe you because at this point, right? Like, like, I don't know that like, like Andrew Peake's been okay. Um, you know, Dean Kukin's played quite a bit, uh, you know, on, uh, Wednesday when the Blue Jackets played Detroit, like that's probably like the most, um, it's probably the most like full roster game you've seen so far this preseason. And actually like Miko Leighton was, was slotted in there in the sixth slot. And so I think it's just, it, it is going to be fascinating and there's no real, real answer that I feel like you feel all too comfortable with putting money on at this point. Yeah, it's going to be interesting over the next the course of these next few days and um, how things start to shake out. We've got two more preseason games. They play uh, Friday, which is the day this comes out, um, against St. Louis? Yes, ma'am. Yes, against St. Louis, at St. Louis. And then bring it back home for Saturday uh, for the final preseason game against the Tuxedo Chickens. Um 
And, you know, then we're going to have like, there may be a, a cut or two in between there, but maybe not. But then we're going to have these real game time decisions because we're going to be, you know, week of mm-hmm. getting ready to go. Uh, you'll hear a whole lot more about that in our special episode dropping on Monday um, when we do sort of our uh, overview outlook of the season upcoming. But yeah, it's it's exciting times in Blue Jackets land. And we're going to see some interesting things, I think. Um, but one of the things that we have been waiting to hear about that got announced yesterday that involves opening night next week um, is the uh, the league or the franchise has announced um, their plans uh, on what they are going to do to honor Matisse Kavlenik's, um over the course of not over not only over opening night but over the course of the entire 2021-2022 uh, season. And man, did it make me emotional reading this stuff that that they're going to do next week. And, you know, you cannot say, if you know anything about what the Blue Jackets organization has done in response to Kivy's very tragic and untimely death, um, they have been nothing but above and beyond in such a crazy situation and a situation that, you know, most teams aren't going to, um, aren't going to ever have to experience. But if you haven't heard, um, and to just, you know, keep it brief, because we, we are going to talk more about this with an, a personal expert on, on the subject, but, you know, they are, um, Matisse's family will be present at opening night. They will be part of the puck drop ceremony and a banner will be raised into the rafters, um, with the number 80 and a lot of other special things. So if you do have the opportunity to be there, um, to see all those things, we hope that you will come. Um, and also they will, all the boys will be wearing, um, number 80 stickers on their helmets for um, the entire season. So lots of things. It's going to be a very special evening and they just released $30 tickets. So if you were wanting to go and were afraid it was going to be too expensive, um, pretty good deal for a hockey home opener, a $30 ticket. So if you were on the edge of whether or not you were going to go, grab yourself one of those tickets. You'll see us there. We will be there. I will probably be crying. So prepare yourself for that. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you're alone in that, right? Like, obviously, very cool things that the team is doing to honor Kivy. Um, kind of like bouncing off of like the international flair there um, of like bringing his family in from Latvia, right? Another cool thing that was announced today, um, or at least a, oh hell, whenever you listen to this episode, right? In my last few days, whenever. So um, teams have started to release their preliminary, like top three players that are going to be named to their Olympic teams. Uh, former Blue Jackets, Seth Jones, oddly, like surprisingly enough to me was named as one of the first three to the U S team for the Olympics, which was like, I mean, it's a pretty crazy honor. And a lot of people will argue whether or not they even think that Seth Jones should make that team. Um, I'm not one of those people. Like I think Seth Jones is a top 
a top six defenseman, a top six American defenseman for sure. Um, I think somebody who wears eight for the Columbus Blue Jackets is also in that equation. But um, there is a Columbus Blue Jacket who is going to be a part of an Olympic team for sure. We know that now. And that is none other than Jacob Voracek. Jacob Voracek is named a top three player for the uh, Czech Republic team. Obviously not very surprising. He's somebody who is obviously making the team. There are other people who are on this team who are obviously making their respective teams. Again, Elvis Merzlikens will be the starting goaltender for Latvia. Uh, you know, Oliver Bjorkstrand is going to be very integral for Denmark. Surprising to me that Patrick Laine wasn't one of the top three named for Finland. I think if he has a season that's anything like his normal seasons last year, like he is, but he wasn't. Uh, and so that's somebody who's going to be on a team. So there are going to be a lot of Blue Jackets to follow um, when they make the trip over to Beijing for the Winter Olympics uh, in February, fingers crossed. But we do know for sure that there is at least one Blue Jacket there, and that Blue Jacket is none other than Jakob Voracek. So pretty excited about that myself. Also to bring up bring up a, just a minor point that you brought up on your social media earlier today to everyone who runs the NHL and – puts out images for things. If you can drum up the picture of Seth Jones in his Blackhawks jersey, there is a picture of Jakob Voracek in his Blue Jackets jersey that you could have used. <laughs> oh, 100%. And to be fair, Does it, it hurt you so hard. Does it hurt you so much to put a Blue Jackets jersey in something? To be fair, it was Sportsnet, which is like Canada Prime and Still. Canada Canada, Canada is shows. the home of hockey. They should be respectful of the teams. <laughs> Canada shows no love to Columbus. Like Canada could care less. We we knocked out their beloved Maple Leafs a couple years ago. We are not Canada's friend. Canada doesn't care about us, and they probably never will. Um, but what are you gonna do? Do you know who does care about us though? Who? Our friends at DraftKings. Our friends at DraftKings care DraftKings. a lot. They care a lot about us. They care about us so much that they're letting me read a hockey ad because guess what? It is that time of year. Finally, hockey's back. As much as I love betting on football and the Olympics, I know the most about hockey and I know the people who are listening to this podcast know the most about hockey. And so we are going to talk about the fact that hockey is back and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. No customers can bet not no customers, how about new customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deflection. Uh, however they light the lamp, you're going to win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you know who we're talking about. DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. Uh, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Uh, so you're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers, only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook. For details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And the Indiana number wasn't even in the ad read. I just know that. I just know that at this point. 
I was thinking about that as I was listening to another podcast and they have like Indiana Reed in there and I ended it with them. I said, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And you just want to make sure that any of our Indiana listeners know where they can go if they have a gambling addiction. I have to say, that's a pretty safe bet though. If you bet any, like a dollar and only one of the teams has the score, I have never, at least since the NHL did away with ties, seen a game finish 0-0. So you go and get your coin. That is very you true. You're right. That you is... could be silly and say that the Coyotes are going to beat the Blue Jackets on the 14th. You'd be wrong, but when one of the teams scored, you would win. In sort of the same vein as our friends at DraftKings and, you know, sports betting, we have a fantasy league, y'all, for hockey. We our draft. For that. Our draft is this Sunday. At uh, 8 p.m. And I believe as of right now, sorry, I have to bring it up on my phone. Like how I brought this up and I'm not prepared. Um, we have four spots left on our, on our uh, NHL Fantasy League. So if you want to play... If you are interested in fantasy hockey, if you want a guaranteed win at least a couple times every single week because you'll play against me and I'm terrible, then please, please join our fantasy league. You can find out all the information at tinyurl.com slash subjectively fantasy. Um, And we would love to have you uh, because we have a lot of fun with it. We'll be giving updates on the episodes um, as the season gets started. And I'm sure Jeremy will have lots of things to say about how terrible I am at fantasy hockey. But, hey, at least I try. And I somewhat know now that I'm going to change players and not just keep the same players the whole time. It is an important And I have vowed to not select Cam Atkinson as my first draft pick. Yeah, that's an important aspect of fantasy hockey is making sure that you're rotating your players out and also probably not selecting Cam Atkinson first overall. Two very important rules that you learned in the course of the last year as you were playing fantasy hockey. So I'm very excited to see what what things are like when you take the ice, Um, when your fantasy team takes the ice, I should say. Um, One thing that I know you and I both wanted to talk about tonight um, and on this episode, because I think you and I really admire the importance of it, um, is the fact um, that news broke today um, that Carey Price would be participating in the NHL's player assistance program, um, which, you know, that's about the, those are all the details we have. Those are all the details we need, like, to have a, an open and honest conversation about this. And that is the fact that it's very admirable um, that Carey Price, you know, would take time away from a sport that, that undoubtedly like he loves and a game that not only provides for him um, financially, but I'm also sure like spiritually, right. Uh, This game means a lot to these folks and to be able to take a step back, to be able to focus on yourself, whatever that means. And and for whatever reason, I think it's really important. And I think it's also a moment where we can have critical conversations as hockey fans um, and ask ourselves, like, how does our behavior like contribute to these kind of things? Um, You know, We've seen a lot over the course of the last couple of years with, with various storylines. The way that the way that hockey play or the way the hockey fans, excuse me, can really like have an effect on hockey players and like the way that we feel about things. I mean, like 
like no player on an ice is, is under more pressure than a goalie. Right. Um, and I can only imagine the things that Carey Price and anybody who plays that position goes through. So the last thing that they need is for fans to, to be assholes or <laughs> anything that would like lead to them, like being in, in a space where they don't feel like they're, they're comfortable enough to like be well. And like, I'm just, I, I admire so much that he is doing this to take a step away and to um, really focus on himself. But again, I think it like, it, it poses a really critical thing for us as hockey fans. And it's that, in moments where you disagree with something or like in moments where you're upset about something, like keeping in mind that there is in fact a human being on the other side of the conversations that you're having. It makes me reflect about my, like the way I felt after Pierre Luc Dubois situation. Like I'll be honest, like it makes me think about the things that we said on this podcast. And it makes me think maybe like that wasn't super tactful. Like maybe like, maybe like the way we handled that conversation and, and hearing him talk about it after, like it just makes me think, right. And I don't know if that's the message that needs to go out tonight. It's like maybe like think as hockey fans about like what you're what you're saying and what you're portraying. But but I know that's definitely where I've found myself thinking and reflecting about this uh, situation with Carey Price. Um, and I want to know your thoughts on the Carey Price situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you and I talked before we started recording and agreed fully that this was something that we both felt strongly about talking about on the sh- on the show because regardless of the of whatever reason he has chosen to do this we don't need the details those details are his his alone um the decision to participate in this program is one to be um commended and one to be respected and there is no debate about this there is no debate about who he is as a player what he has done throughout his career um, because he is a human and he deserves to have whatever amount of time he needs to do whatever. Like that's, that's just simple. We all deserve that. Um, Jeremy and I are not shy about talking about our own struggles in any types of things, particularly in, in speaking about mental health. We also work in a field that is strongly affected um, by the state of, of mental health and mental health care and stigma within this country and within this world. And, you know, I will, you know, we had a conversation too about um, what, and I'm going to put the onus on me, um, things that were said in regarding to the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation and information that we've found out since then. And, you know, no one is perfect. I am not a fan of cancel culture or whatnot. I fully believe that you can grow and change and adapt as long as things are genuine and you are truly, you know, and it's important for me as a person, as someone who experienced a lot of bullying herself and harsh language used towards me for any number of reasons um, to remember to check myself in those things because they are people. These are human beings. Half the time they are children, technically. These are, you know, these rookie players are 18, 19 years old. Like, and you've got people spouting any number of things. Um, and in my time of being a fan of a professional sports um, league, franchise, whatever, um, I have seen some of the craziness and the nastiness that can be said um, about players, to players, to players' families. 
you know, to front office, front office staff, like, ladies and gentlemen, it is not that, it is not that crucial. If you're sitting there thinking that you, you know, to go back to Carrie Price, if you're thinking and sitting there going, man, he is a weak person for choosing to do this, you were wrong. You are wrong and that thought does not need to be put out into the universe or contributed to. It is not doing anyone any good because he is a person and all of these players are people and they go through the same number of things that any player, that any person sitting in the stands or watching at home on TV. Um, And I think it's very admirable that in the last couple of years, there have been even more players that have come forward to not only admit that they themselves have sought um, assistance through the player assistance program or that they themselves are coming forward about the things that they've experienced from fans or in the locker room or in general, like representation matters. And one of the major aspects of why we started this podcast was that we wanted to grow the game and we wanted to grow the game in positive ways. And that's about bringing an aspect of, of humanity uh, back into the game as well. So whatever um, Carrie Price is going through, I hope that the player assistance program helps him, that he gets the time um, and energy that he deserves and wish him nothing but the best. And we look forward to his return, you know, his return to being back in the net and, you know, whenever that day may come and, you know, I commend him for making this decision and, and choosing to, to step away for the time being. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I think it just speaks so much to the idea that there is more to this life than hockey. Um, and I hope that as we approach the season, I think it's just like a good reminder, like of that reality, right? Uh, we're getting ready to start the most exciting time of the year. Um, and so I think it is it is really helpful to have this reminder of, you know, as we get into it and as maybe your team starts wavering a little bit or players aren't performing the way that you want them to, like, like sure, like, it's okay to, like, have comments about, like, I'd like to see this player, like, play a little bit better. I'd like to see this player improve because I know they can. I know they're better. That's fine. Like, have those conversations. But let's let's work on ourselves and let's work on making sure that we're not um, you know, not being jerks like, for this, because again, if we're going to say that hockey is for everyone, then we have to treat everyone with respect. Um, but Laura, is there anything else on your radar, uh, as we are wrapping this one up tonight? Not really. Um, other than if you ever need a boost of serotonin, I mean, truly I've said it before, but like go to Elvis's Instagram, go to Elvis's wife's Instagram Go to the Blue Jackets page and see the pictures of Elvis's baby, of Gabrikov's baby being at games and them interacting with them on the ice. It is the cutest effing thing. I'm sorry. And maybe it's just because my own biological clock is ticking very loudly in my head. But they make some cute-ass dads. Their babies are adorable. So if you need that serotonin... You can get it there. We've got a lot of, we're like a very young team, but we do have a handful of dads on this team, which is hysterical to me. I would also like to mention, and this is going to sound weird coming from me, but 
I'm very invested in this campaign that I believe Patrick Line is putting himself on to become the Pasternak of the Blue Jackets in his fashion choices. Oh, his fashion has always been like out there and I, I'm obsessed with it. Like I, I love every second of it. I'm going to be honest. Them yellow sunglasses are a choice, but I respect it. <laughs> Didn't he show up, like get off the plane with like a Givenchy like shirt? Like he's like always been pretty high fashion. Like he's, and I can respect it. If you're going to, if you're going to make the coin, go spend the coin, Patty. I like it. It's true. He did say that in his little player profile that they played last night at the game that his favorite vacation was Dubai. And I was like, good Lord. Yeah, no kidding. Like, okay, got it. Cool. Call me poor another way, Patrick. Um, well, speaking of fashion, I'm going to throw it over to you to tell folks where they could buy our merch and then also where they can find us. Yes, absolutely. So as you all know, and if you aren't, why are you being ridiculous? Um, you can follow us on social media. We are um, on Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod. Um, God, we love interacting with you guys. It's so much fun. Um, we are on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. I swear we'll get better at Facebook. I promise. It's on my list. We might not, um, actually. We just might not get better at it. And that's okay. Because Facebook, Facebook is kind of like, I'm kind of personally mad at Facebook for all the unethical bullshit they've been going through. But we'll save that chat for another day. That's another podcast. Yes, we're all, there's also that. Um, we are soon going to be branching out into the wonders that is YouTube. So keep an eye out. Um, for that, we're pretty excited uh, to get started in the YouTube world. Um, again, if you want to read more about either one of us or at least see the beautifully designed website that Jeremy made for our lovely little uh, dog and pony show, um, you can go to subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you are looking for some very cute and fashionable items to wear to upcoming Blue Jackets games, please check out our merch store. Um, we have lots of long sleeve sweatshirt, comfy, cozy options for you to choose from, from any of our logos uh, for you to wear to upcoming games. And we would love to see you in those items. So go to subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com to pick up those things. And we would love to see you guys wearing it at games. We will be wearing it at games because I make Jeremy wear our merch to games. Uh, even though it sometimes embarrasses him, but it's fine. And <laughs> you can also rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. Again, we don't know why it matters, but it does. So please, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down just a little, see those empty stars that you haven't filled quite yet. Pick a number that's like four or five, preferably, um, and give us a rating so that more people can see our podcast that we can show up in the charts and we can continue to grow our little open, welcomey, warm and fuzzy hockey community. Um, and, you know, big shout out to the Philippines. We're like crazy popular over there and it is weird, but we I like, I feel like the Blue Jackets are. I feel like the top five podcasts in Philippines for the for the sport of hockey are like all Blue Jackets podcasts, and I respect it. So shout out to our other Blue Jackets podcast friends. But um, 
until we get the chance to see y'all next time and talk to y'all next time, we've got a really special episode coming out on Monday with Josh Fabota. Um, with um, with who? I don't know. Um, so we'll be previewing the season on Monday. But until then, be like John Tortorella and get you a nice plate of chicken parm. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye.